Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA, and one, she doesn't, and it's sad. But anyway, I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, a Youth Services Manager, and I am not the but anyway, I love YA as well. And I'm Sarah, a Youth Services Specialist, and I'm the one who doesn't. But anyway. And it's sad. It's like not, I said. It's not sad. It's sad for me. <laughs> Maybe for you. I don't know about for our listeners, but it's sad for me. I'm okay with it at this point. But I've, I'm I've, we've been doing it. this for like a year. I've just yep. come to yeah, the I realization mean, this is just that how it this is. is just her grumpy personality. Yeah. Forcing her to read these books anyway, so <laughs> and good for me. me. grouchy. No. No. Never grouchy. Never me. <laughs> Perpetually cheerful. <laughs> That's what I have next to your name, mm-hmm. Sarah. Right. Perpetually <laughs> cheerful. Well, I just finished a book called Hearts Unbroken by Cynthia Leidick-Smith. I did really like this one. It won the American Indian Youth Literature Award for Best Young Adult Book in 2020. And spoiler alert, I read it because I might just be picking a book for all of us to read later this year that takes place in the same world as this one. And you know how I am. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's not really a prequel to it, so it is not really necessary to read it. And yet you did. Well, because I'm me, and I can't help it. <laughs> I wanted to know. I will let you know later if you did need to read it or not, but my guess is you don't. Good to know. <laughs> I don't remember the title. What was the title? Hearts Unbroken. Okay. It has a realistic setting. It's got a little romance, but um, the heart of the story is really about racism in a, in a small town in Kansas. It centers around the inclusive casting for the high school's production of The Wizard of Oz. Uh, We have Louise Wolfe, a senior who writes for her school's paper, and her little brother Huey, who landed the role of the Tin Man as a freshman. And it made some people pretty upset. And then we also have the Parents Against Revisionist Theater and a series of anonymous threats made to the Wolfe family and all the other families of non-white cast members. But anyway, I'm going to stop talking about that now because I feel like I'm starting to tell you the whole story. And I don't want to do that. (laughs) Okay. So, Sarah, did you read anything? Uh, What? I said, did you read anything new? Somebody else said (laughs) something. She said, did you read anything? And then she (laughs) said some other random word that I don't know what it was. I said, read anything new. Oh. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, that was the part that confused me. Yes, I am reading something new right now. I'm reading um, Her Majesty's Royal Coven, which is not a YA book. But um, it's written by Juno Dawson, and it is about a group of uh, four women who were childhood friends, and they're witches, basically. And in this, like, alternative universe kind of story, uh, witches are a known and accepted fact in the society, and some of them work for the British government. Of course. Right. So I, I, look, if witches are around, you want them working for the government like right. that. That makes sense. But they don't like people, like regular people who are called the mundanes. I think in this one, don't really realize that there's witches. So it's sort of like if the people from Harry Potter grew up and worked for the government. I think like that's one of the like four jobs they have, low. isn't it? <laughs> but like. They don't really talk about the queen and Harry Potter, do they? Like the actual no. royal family and stuff like that. I so I think is, it's like mentioned one time. 
It's for uh, friends, and they've each sort of taken a different path as they grew into adults. And so one's still working for the government, and one's trying to kind of stay, keep her witchiness, like, pretend it doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, one's trying to start an alternative witch society for witches of color and stuff like that. So they're each kind of doing their own own thing. And then there's a prophecy about the end of the world, and so they're going to have to work Is it together. Teen? It's not teen. Oh, no. okay. It's YA. I'm not YA. Excuse me, it's adult. So, Patty, are you reading anything? Yes. Is it fanfic? No. Ooh. I mean, yes, I am, but that's not uh, what I'm going to talk about. I'm Star always. Trek <laughs> <laughs> Currently, yeah, that's my, my current hyper obsession, yes. But the book I am reading is not, well, I don't know, maybe it started off that way, but I don't know. <laughs> it is Silver in the Bone by Alexandra Bracken. Um, this is a book I got in a book box and... I'm normally not very good at reading the books I immediately get in the book box, but I picked this one up and was like flipping through it and I ended up started reading it. I am not super far into it because I was reading the last book we talked about and this book we talked about. It's about a teenage girl named Tamsin Lark and she is what they call a hollower. In this world, she doesn't have any magic. She She's just normal. <laughs> and But she also is someone that like, can but she can um she breaks into crypts and she basically goes treasure hunting is what she does and she's very good at it and um now there's like a vanished guardian and arthurian legend and and a rival of course that she's competing with and she's all of this there's this thing that they're going after because there's always a thing you're going after and so it's it's it yeah that's what it's about it doesn't tell you a lot but it's good <laughs> it's questy it's questy there's a quest there's a there's a MacGuffin that she has to get and she's got competition to get it and she's got to get it and there's like a mysterious past and 10 years later and now she's got to figure out what happened to her father figure and all of it all ties together cool I'm pretty sure she'll fall in love with her rival but maybe not. Maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe some other random person will show up. She's got to save her brother. She's very busy. It's amazing she has time for romance. So anyway, Sarah was right. That is exactly what my book is about. I knew it. So today, I chose the book we're talking about. It's called Promise Boys by Nick Brooks. Before we get into it, I'll read you the description from the jacket. Here we go. Murder wasn't part of the promise. The Urban Promise Prep School vows to turn boys into men, as students J.B., Ramon, and Trey are forced to follow the prestigious program's strict rules. Extreme discipline, they've been told, is what it takes to be college-bound, to avoid the fates of many men in their neighborhoods. This, the Principal Moore method, supposedly saves lives. But when Moore ends up murdered and the cops come sniffing around, the trio emerges as the case's prime suspects. With all three maintaining their innocence, they must band together to track down the real killer before they are arrested. But is the true culprit hiding among them? Cover talk. Cover talk. What'd y'all think of this cover? I really liked it. I thought it was intriguing with the cutout around... I guess that's either JB or Trey. 
I'm gonna guess Trey. It's Trey, because because they talk about how tall JB is the whole and time, he's and he matches up to the. Yeah, it's got like a. Uh, so like it's a mug shot. It's got the three um, protagonists on the cover. They're standing in front of um, the height chart that you see at the back of like uh, mug shots, and you see one of them looking at out at the reader, and the other two looking to either side. And it's got a red wash over the whole picture, um, with the exception of around the center character's eyes, which we believe is Trey. It's almost like he's wearing, it's been ripped to show that he's wearing a mask and his real self is like peering out from behind that. So would you guys pick it up based on the cover? Yes. Yes. I didn't think about the fact that it looks kind of like it's ripped, like they're pulling away a mask, which I do think. I know once Sarah said that, I was like, like, oh, yeah. Oh. And like, it's their true selves <laughs> it, versus right. their what everybody, uh, what everybody self, thinks right. about them, too, because like, that that's too. such a yeah. thing right. in this book. And like, other than that, yeah, the cover is important because it's it's them, it's their mugshots, because the three different angles you take a mugshot from, yeah. that's them I get I get that board. part. I think it's because, yeah, it's, it's what's their true selves as opposed to what yeah. everybody else sees. Yeah, them I get as. that. Exactly. I think they're like, because if, yeah, it's hyper realistic. I think in the, in the eyes. I think without reading any like description of the book at all, when I first saw that, I was expecting it to be horror. Mm. Oh, interesting! It is what it is based on the cover, which it isn't. No, no horror, no supernatural. So yeah, in this book, the three of them um, are each kind of present when the murder takes place, so they're all possible suspects. And then you kind of get the story told from each one's point of view, but also the point of view of other um, people who know them or people who, who are in the area or people who knew the victim. And gradually, as you look at each piece of these stories, you get more and more and more of the full picture until in the, in the final chapters, the murder is revealed. Right. And really, they're the only suspects. Yeah. It's the only, they're the only three the police are right. actively looking at. I'm going to get into... The actual book in a second, but the entire time I kept thinking to myself, can they not just do a ballistics test on their hands and find out if they fired a gun recently? I did also have that thought. I was like, why didn't they do a ballistics test? Because they could have tested for gunshot residue. Because none of them. But anyway. Um, I think but, that would have messed up the but, plot. It would have but messed yeah. up the plot. But <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking that the entire time I was reading this book. Yeah. Uh, but I, one of the things I really liked about this book was the multiple point of views. And I just thought it was a really unique way, especially at the very beginning, because the way the book is structured at the beginning, you have uh, the murder of Principal Moore. Breaking news, he's dead. I don't um, think that's a spoiler. So. No, it's right. literally the first page. <laughs> he's dead. Um, but then you get, there's three sort of sections at the beginning. Part one is just about JB, and the first chunk of that is all of these different point of view chapters, each one's like maybe a page, maybe a page and a half, of different people's opinions and what they think, and they think about JB and what or whether, whether or not he, he did, did it. it and stuff. And for each of the three characters, you get that. You get, before you get anything from JB or Ramon or Trey's point of view, you get all the stuff that people think about them. Mm-hmm. And I was um, listening to an interview with Nick Brooks, the writer of the book, and they asked him about that, like the why he had multiple 
points of view in there. And he said, so he used to be a teacher. And he said, a lot of times when you would come into a school, a new school, you, before you even met the students, you would hear all about them from other teachers or people in the community or like, and like what they thought of them. And, and he, he's like, you'd almost come in biased, especially the ones that, that were considered problem kids. And he always made a point of trying really hard not to listen to that and to meet each student where they were on their terms. And I was, and he wanted to kind of give the reader that experience of what it's like to not know the kid, but hear all this stuff about a kid before you even meet them. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool way of doing that. I, I really enjoyed it. And I really liked that way the book was structured. Yeah, I like that too. And he also is a TV writer. So um, you could definitely, or at least I could, as I'm reading this, like almost see it as a movie or TV show where, you know, you've got interviews with all these different people and they're giving you their viewpoints. It reads very cinematically, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I heard... I don't know if this is actually going to go through because this was in February of this year and I don't know what is happening now with the writer's strike and and all of that, that Netflix had picked it up to make it a show. Oh, that would be good. But I don't, I would, I think it would make a really good like HBO limited. I was going to say like a limited series. Yeah, Yeah, it it wouldn't go beyond one season. But it would be really well done and like a six episode, it'd be good. I don't know if you could hear that. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch it. Sarah, this has been uh, probably one of my favorite books you've picked. Oh, well, that's good to know. I really, something about this one I really, really liked. I think possibly, and I saw some people complaining online in different reviews that it it wasn't a thriller. And I was like, no, it's it's not a thriller. It's a mystery, which are two different things. And for me, I really like mysteries. I don't really care about thrillers that much. And it feels like when we've read a lot of these things in, in YA, YA tends to lean more toward thriller than mystery. And so I really liked that this is a mystery. And, and I'm willing to bet really Catherine <laughs> feels exactly the opposite. <laughs> I wanted it to be a thriller, and it's not. I There's think, not really any thrilling elements. I mean, there is one scene where they break into the school. I was going to say. But they're never but really they're in, never danger. in danger. I mean, There's other than being like, arrested. And they like, do break into the school. There is a scene where Ramon is like following yeah. um, a gang member and that know. kind of, you know. But that's all like mystery stuff, not thriller stuff. Um, but, yeah, but there is an element of like they're in physical jeopardy yeah. a couple times with the theme though the that's not what i was picturing with stab you in the back to school i was picturing like the thriller like the there's been a murder so but somebody's better. out to get you <laughs> and i mean they are somebody is technically out to get them like they're yeah they're in uh, danger but of their whole lives being destroyed. institutional racism to is me, out to get them well yeah it's not the same but i mean I, I did like the book. Yeah. I was just saying it wasn't what I was expecting it to be for this episode. Mm-hmm. But I didn't pick it. And that no. is I, I guess <laughs> that's I, the beauty of how this uh, podcast how works. This works. I really just, I really like this book a lot. I like the structure of the book. I liked the mystery. I liked that even though, I don't know if it was halfway through, I wasn't really paying attention. I read it very quickly. It's a really fast read. I figured out pretty early on probably the why that he got killed. Mm-hmm. but I didn't figure out who. 
I was pretty sure who. Like I had a couple of choices, and I couldn't decide between those two choices mm-hmm. until a little bit closer to the end. Um, to me, the character that did it was shady from the beginning. Oh, I don't know what it was. I don't think I was paying enough attention to him then. Um, I I was like, mm, there's something not true with what you're saying well what threw me off is there's one um there's one character who turns out to be innocent one of the teachers and i mean she's never really a suspect that is true oh yeah but um, there's a lot of red there's some like with her. yeah there's a lot of like why is this happening with her and is was she lying about you know this and stuff and Yes, that never gets resolved. So I'm a little bit frustrated, Nick Brooks. (laughs) I want to know, like, was that not important at all? It's just kind of kids spinning their wheels on the stuff. But anyway, because that was kind of kept getting thrown out there, I was like, is this person somehow? I just thought they were maybe in on the whole underlying. Yes, Uh yeah, the the backstory. And I thought that that would come out, too, that that was part of... You but know, I was expla- that would have explained a few things. Pleasantly surprised that never got at the ending. I'm put just in there. Say. So anyway, yes, I yeah, and like I liked the way that there's a couple of things I like about this. I I like the way that the mystery it's because they're teenagers who clearly are not. They're like not. They're not like Nancy Drew who no. solves crimes all the time. Right. They are like thrown into the situation and like slowly figure out. Oh crap. No one else is going to figure this out. They they all think, like, it's me or one of these two guys. And they don't trust each other either entirely at no. first because they each, well, if I didn't do it, one of you two did it. And I don't know if I well, trust you guys. Yeah, they don't really know each other at, before this happens. Mm-hmm. And so then they're trying to build that, and they do kind of hold things back from each other. And then when that comes out, that kind of leads to that right. mistrust. So. And I do... I was just going to say, I do think it's pretty accurate representation of teenagers in this situation. That's what I was going to say. More so than some of the other thriller and mysteries we've read. Uh Like, I feel like this is more true. Like, that's something an actual teenager would do. They do feel like realistic characters. And I I feel like they are very well written. And so it probably makes sense that Nick Brooks is a teacher. He knows who he's writing about. And, like, Mm -hmm. you can tell. And, like, I think that that's why, like, yeah, we don't get anything about that. A character you were talking about. Sarah mm-hmm. and it's because they're they're investigating but they can only investigate like the people they know and they can only go so far and so I think like well they're like well she's there and we know something's a little off with her so like let's go look at her and like but I liked also how you get bits and pieces of information and as you get the bits and pieces of information new people look like they could be guilty and then you find out the reason that they aren't guilty and like I think if I were a teacher if I wanted like this book I think would be really good for a classroom use because it's one of those books that like it it's interesting and exciting and a quick read but there's enough in there that you could do some really cool things with your classroom with like thinking about how structure and like here's here's a take a highlighter or a post-it note or something and mark every time you think somebody's guilty and then like why and then what evidence did you find later that proved you were wrong and stuff and I just like that he he made a point of like setting things up and then knocking them down which I liked 
Well, and aside from the mystery element of it, you know, this this story has like real meat to it in the in the fact that these um, young men are held to such a high standard by the school, but also like the school is just a microcosm for society in that they are not allowed to make like teenage silly mistake or teenage oops, like accidents that teenagers get into and trouble they get into because that for them means that they are like, really that's it for them. They're going to be, you get, you know, I think it was the uncle that says you get like one strike, you don't get three strikes Mm -hmm. or something. Is that in this book? I'm not remembering that from a different book. But anyway, it's, you know, they don't have a chance the to be ability a child. to yes to kind of you know just be themselves and be young people yeah and like the other thing i i really enjoyed about this book was just personally it's set in washington dc and i thought it was kind of fun like ramon lives in columbia heights and i'm like oh yeah Several of my friends live in Columbia Heights and like I've walked around that neighborhood and like the Mount Pleasant Library is right over there and like and um, Benning Terrace. I, I, you know, I've been to the Benning Library and like I know that area and Southeast DC. I, I know and Anacostia High School where Kendra's JB's girlfriend goes to. Uh, I have Kiana. Kiana. Thank you. Um, I've been to that high school. I've, I've done programs in the high school and stuff. So that was kind of cool because I could really picture in my head what these areas look like for mm-hmm. me. And like, um, so I, I liked that. And I also just, I thought I liked how, like you were saying, how the school is like a microcosm of, of society and how they are. I was going to say, let's talk more about that school. Oh my God. Like, so quite frankly, sounds like a nightmare. um, more deserve to die. I was going to say, and yeah, principal Moore. Was awful. Was a terrible person. And I'm well, like, that is not a school that's going to help you. It's a school that's like, and I almost like a prison. I think it, it started like out with good intentions, exactly. and then yes. like, yeah, I think he did have yeah. good intentions. And um, an interview that I read with the author says that that's sort of a problem that he's encountered in the field of education is that people get to a point where their career becomes paramount and they're More not important right and they forget that this the is about students kids mm-hmm. which i think you know as library staff we also have, need to remember those things that's like, a parent in this yeah. book like well and like i think that's the point of mrs hall's character too is it's like that dichot like she still believes in that vision right. and i think that was where her conflict with more came up is, is she's like she saw him at the beginning and she remembers what it was supposed right. to be like and then too and yeah. like and then what she turns like because you get like a little brief thing at the end about like a year later like what the school is like and it's a much better place and much more conducive mm-hmm. to learning well and, and nick brooks also said that that's this school is based on a real school that he taught in that had a blue line on the floor that they all had to walk on including like little kids like five years old and they all had to walk with their hands behind their backs so yep. it does feel very institutionalized and very like we're um i think going too far with these kids and of kids of color because that's what this book is about trying to teach them like obedience which is you know not (laughs) really there's they're children and i'm not saying that kids should just run wild but you know this is taking it to a level that is 
almost, you know, designed from the get-go to try to, like, beat a person down. Yeah. Yeah. Before they've even done anything, they're being, like, squeezed into a little tiny box and said, like, don't make waves here, which is just not not healthy. And Nick Brooks was talking about that. It's like, we clearly read several articles. (laughs) The the article I was reading where he talked about this is he talked about, um, the interviewer asked about that, about like, especially with Trey's uncle T and how he sees, he thinks the only way to make sure his nephew is safe is basically abusing him. Like, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, he is so hard on him that when Trey has a a big problem, he's afraid to go. He's to afraid him. to go to him, mm-hmm. and he shouldn't have been afraid to call him and be like, "Hey, I grabbed your backpack." You know, like it, it shouldn't have been that bad, but he was right. terrified to do that, and that led to a cascade of of various problems <laughs> that well, finds I himself think, in. Yeah, and my point was, Nick Brooks talked about that, and he said so much of this he feels, especially in the black community, he's like. It is a survival response. And he's like, and if you think all the way back, he was talking about how if you think all the way back, he's like, slavery was not that long ago. He's like, generation-wise, it wasn't that long ago. And you didn't want your, your child couldn't act out. Could not. Could not. And he was talking about how he feels like a lot of the times he was raised in a household like that you don't act out tough love you know you've got to learn you don't get it you don't get your chances and you you've got to be better than perfect and he grew up in that that household and his father grew up in that household and this hyper masculinity doesn't help either and he's like so he's like all about that stuff and he thinks that a lot of these responses all go back to that that they're survival responses and well, I mean, it's not just, it's, that's still today. Like, I think oh, yeah. that if a, um, if a young black kid, for example, go, you know, like shoplift something, for example, I think that the way that society and the police and, you know, are going to respond to that act versus if a white upper class person did the same thing at the same mm-hmm. age, it's, you're going to get two different responses. And so when you know that there's that much more at stake I understand the fear that would, you know, translate into this abusive situation where they're like, we've got to to save you. We've got to like almost like beat you down into this, you know, conformist. But it's it's just sad. And it's things that I hadn't really hadn't really thought about before. So I appreciate the novel for opening that up. Reading this, I was thinking about some of the kids that would come into the library. Because like the teen space at um, the main library, or even at our libraries, I think about the teens who come in and hang out and just want to hang out and just be with their friends. And like, they're not being problems, but we do get people who complain about them being loud or being noisy. And just their very existence seems to bother people. And um, I thought about that as I was reading this book. And like, yeah, it's a really good book, y'all. <laughs> We're making it sound like a real downer, so but it's it, a really good book. I think book. that's the point. You can read it at different levels. Like if you want to read it just for a mystery and figure out who done it, yes, you can do that. If you want to think about like the deeper issues at play here, race and society and the school to prison pipeline, and it's you it's can all in 100% there. Hundred percent, do that as well. So overall, though, I don't find the book to be a downer. 
No, no it's not. It's it not. Despite the issues that it points out are down. No, I know. The book isn't. I know, yeah. but overall, <laughs> I do yeah. not find the book to be a downer. So don't have that in your head no. before you go and read it. No. And y'all, I've these three boys. I really liked them. Like they, I just really liked them. And the whole time I was like reading it at the beginning, I liked each of them from from their first introduction chapters. And I was like, before I was sh- wasn't sure if one of them did it or not. And I was like, God, if one of them ended up doing it, I'm going to be so upset. I know I had similar thoughts. And I was like, I hope if they did do it, it was an accident. Yeah, like, I want one of them to be guilty. Please don't do it yet. <laughs> did you have a favorite amongst the three? Ramon. Ramon. Really? Yeah, I really liked him. He was my least favorite. <gasps> JB was my favorite. But my, I was, my second favorite was JB. Oh gosh, I don't know. I really like Trey too, but I I just I yeah, liked, I liked all, all three of them. Of them. I think Same. Ramon was my favorite because I really liked his relationship with his, his abuela. Me too. Me too. And his dreams of becoming a chef and just like he just his wants to own a restaurant. Dreams and his interactions with like his cousins. I don't know. I just yeah. I feel like I got a lot from. But I also really like JB and his girlfriend and that that new relationship and you're being and he just is so enamored of her he's she's mm. so smart and he yeah. just thinks she's so smart and so pretty and I liked that too it was really I did like when JB cooked dinner for his mom oh, it's very yeah. sweet and like all three of these boys have a very marshmallow center to them they're very sweet mm-hmm. young men who are even Trey yeah and he does he has a very mm-hmm. like soft center and like, based on what I was reading from the other, like, the people talking about him, I wasn't expecting uh-uh. it. And I was like, you're actually a sweetheart. And I you think. get to see that, and, like, I, that's another thing you can look at is, like, the fact that they can't show that side outside of their homes or, you know, their closest personal relationships. They can't be seen as sweet and soft because that's not, which, especially, like, JB, because he's so big. And everybody expects him to be like a bruiser and a fighter. And he's like, that's what I was going to say. And be able to like play basketball. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm just but big. It's not his thing. He's yeah. Like, I'm just tall. <laughs> I'm just tall. I, I want to write music and yeah. poetry. And I'm just like, oh. And I liked the out, the not outside characters, but the, the other characters. Like, I really like the supporting. Thank you. I was like, what is that word? <laughs> I liked the girlfriend, and I like Magda, the cousin, and I liked some of the... I liked... I liked... uh, Omar. Cesar. Cesar, and like some of these characters that you get. I liked them. I thought their stories were good. I like. I saw people, um, a couple of people complaining online about how like there were point of view characters, chapters that weren't important or didn't add any, you know, didn't add to the plot. And I'm like, but it it's characterization of these. Yeah, I would disagree that they didn't add to the plot because I think all of them had something to say that was either um, relevant to solving the mystery or like served as a red herring. Um, But yeah, I thought that was all. And it kind of painted a picture of the school, of the neighborhood, of the things that these boys were dealing with on a daily basis. Like the other people they were having to interact with. You don't think they played... Or their mm-hmm. part played a role to it. I think it did because those were people in their lives. Yeah, and it and it adds to the realism of it too. Because like if you're 
really trying to solve a mystery. You don't, it's not like, okay, here are the seven people you need to talk to. Don't worry about anybody else. I mean, you never know who has the key. Especially like, I feel like I wouldn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And like these guys, they're personally, they're better than I, they did better than I would do. (laughs) Yeah, they had a pretty decent approach. And I was like, okay, all right. But yeah, I think I think like Catherine was saying earlier, it, they just felt very realistic, like realistic teen boys. I want to read a book about Kiana. She was great. <laughs> I liked her a lot. I liked her a lot. I hope she becomes a fantastic lawyer and lawmaker. I liked her a lot. And I also kind of hope maybe I was like, I don't know. I think Trey kind of liked Magda. And I kind of Yeah, like, I got that vibe. Like, okay, I can see that. And I hope Trey's mom stays with him and maybe stays clean for him. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't get covered, but like like anything, you don't you don't find out what happens. Oh yeah, I was gonna say with that too though. I feel like that's pretty accurate to the teenage world anyway. Yeah. Once it was not relevant anymore, they were like, meh. Yeah, not about it. (laughs) We're not gonna talk about that anymore. We're like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, old news. Yeah. Life's not wrapped in a bow at the end, so. Sarah, did you have any books you would recommend others? Uh, Take a look at if they like this. Read likes. Um, Yes, the one that I would suggest is called Nothing More to Tell, and it's by Karen M. McManus. And this is about um, a high school girl who wrote for her school paper um, in Chicago and then kind of a, you know, she kind of um, blows that by no fault of her own and she gets kicked off the paper and then she has to move back to her childhood town and try to get an internship with a true crime show and she um, gets that, lands that by telling them about an unsolved crime from the town when she used to live there that involved three kids that she knew, one of whom is her best friend and it's so, it involves three students finding a body of a teacher murdered and they clearly like know more than they're letting on. It's also told in two different perspectives. The one of the um, girl who's trying to uncover the story and one of her former best friend who was um, one of the uh, boys at the crime scene. So kind of has those same elements of like a crime, a dead teacher, students possibly involved or know something about it and told from multiple perspectives. Catherine, do you have a read-like? I think so. It's actually a book I just started. I've only read a couple chapters of it. And actually, the more I'm thinking about it, it might be a good read-like for next episode as well. So I don't know how much detail I want to go into it because I I see similar elements for both. But um, it's another one where it takes place at an elite private school's like epic masquerade ball. So there's a big party for the school It has stuff to do with, like, donors and, like, board members, like, maybe corrupt principal and that kind of thing. I can't say too much about it because I haven't gotten to all those parts yet. But it's, like, a mystery about who has killed this person because the main character witnesses a death. But I don't think they know who did it. And then more people are dying. So Hmm. it's more of the thriller side. But it has queer rep. It has um, disability rep. Um... I don't know how much more I want to say about it. Okay. <laughs> Only because I really can't you say too talk much about, about it, it again next time. Because <laughs> I'm going to talk about it again next time, and I've really only read the first two chapters. But I 
I think it would work for a read alike. What about you, Patty? So I don't really have anything new. I was struck by like how I never said the name of my book or the title. Oh. I just realized I that. That's wondering. right. You didn't. I was like, did you tell us the name of your book? No. What is the name of your book, Catherine? What is this mystery book of which you speak? I know. I went through all that like <laughs> rambling about what this book might be about. And then I never told I'm you. I'm just going to Google Masquerade Murder <laughs> High School. Know. That's what it's called. Thriller. It's called oh. Masquerade Murder. <laughs> At a high school. <laughs> this is The Way the World Ends by Jen Wilde. Okay. But anyway, stay tuned because you're going to hear more about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was more thinking I, I, how many books we have talked about that I think would work as a read-alike for this book. Um, Ace of Spades came to mind because um, of the racism in the school setting and all of that. I think that this is a little bit more realistic than that one. But... Uh, <laughs> And like all of the Karen Karen McManus books, uh, it's interesting that you had one, but like one I of us is lying, say, and um, that author has a bunch. Yes, right. I think actually she has a pull quote on. Yes, she does on the back of this on the back of Promise Boys. Her there is a Karen McManus quote. This is thrilling, captivating, and blade sharp. Promise Boys will stay with you long after the last page. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting is he gets compared. This book is I have seen it sold as. Like Angie Thomas meets Karen McManus with a dash of Jason Reynolds. Huh. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah, actually that, that pretty much. Yeah. I think um, that does work. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, any one of those authors, I think if you like this book, you I would like I think I got Jason Reynolds vibe. Yeah. A Jason Reynolds vibe I from it. I was thinking that, but I don't know if that's just because of the setting and the race of the character. Like, I mean... I don't know. But I, I think, haven't read enough of Jason Reynolds. Maybe I'm only thinking of the, what was it? The Long one Way we Down. Read? Long Way yeah, Down. Yeah, but I think like the storytelling, like, I don't know. Like the yeah, I mean, but that, yeah, because it was in verse. And this one's told very crisply too, I so. Don't know. The, yeah. There was just something about <laughs> it. So I would say like more than just a read alike, I think I have authors that I would I read. Like I would pick yeah. up one of those author, author read-alikes. read-alikes yeah. As opposed to a, a book read-alike. I, I can't really think of anything like this i think that's why i enjoyed this one that much is it is something you were gonna new? say like again weren't you i was gonna say like again and i <laughs> i saw thanks. it i like really liked it like, 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 like a lot like, like i like that a like a lot it's one of those days words are hard y'all <laughs> so what are we reading next time yeah what are we reading next time whose turn is it to pick it is my turn oh okay Thank God it's not me because I don't have anything. <laughs> At a moment of like, oh my gosh, is it me? <laughs> so I already told you the book I'm choosing for next time has some things in common with my read-alike that I gave for today. Is I it d- a masquerade? No, it's n- not a masquerade, but there there is a party that has happened. But I chose No Accident by Laura Bates. Let me get that part out of the way since I completely forgot what <laughs> I was giving you my read-alike. No, no accident. accident by Laura Bates. But I chose it kind of based on the cover, which we'll talk more about in the next episode as well. But I wanted something beachy with some suspense. So that's why I chose it. Because you just aren't giving up summer yet, are you? And we'll see if it lives up to my expectations based on the cover. But there's a plane crash with a group of seven teens washed up on a deserted island. Their main goal is, of course, survival. 
until they can be rescued. But a terrible secret from a party the night before the crash has followed them ashore, and now someone is looking for justice. So I guess the question is, are they all going to survive in the end? You'll have to read and find out. Met by silence. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking how I really hope I just die in the plane crash. I don't think I would do well as a survivor on an island. I keep hearing about that yellow jacket show. I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to be the person who has to survive. Duly noted. (laughs) I certainly don't want to be trapped on a desert island with 17 teenagers. That sounds awful. Well, they are also teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? If you were trapped with 17 teenagers, they'd kill you first. Who were all upset about a party the night before. (laughs) You'd be like, oh, God. Yes. So, all right, some Lord of the Flies times. I like it. I think, yeah, you might like it. It's got a sort of dystopian vibe to it, or (laughs) I guess dystopian as in they're trying to survive. Yeah. Boop. I'm down. Something life and death weird in here now. You can't see it, but it feels weird. (laughs) I guess you can't feel it either. Maybe you can. Are you picking up on that? Boop. Okay, there it goes. Especially when somebody keeps saying boop. Well, now you said it. Say it, Sarah. Say it. I'm, I refuse. No, I will not. Say it, Sarah. I don't love YA, and I won't say that word. <laughs> anyway, this has been another episode of Spill It by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Catherine. I'm Patty. And I'm Sarah. And we want you to join us next time. But are you sure you want to after the ending to this one? We are delightful. I don't know what you're talking about. Remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading. <laughs>